What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And I'm coming to you right after the Chicago Bears have selected Kyrus Tonga, a defensive tackle out of uh, Jacob knows, so I'll pass it to you. But this is an interesting pick, if only because, based on my own understanding of the draft, most of the big defensive guys that really have the size to play in the league don't fall this far down the board. Now, of course, you're going to end up with the occasional unicorn like Charles Leno, a starting left tackle for at least or for almost a decade now that came out of the seventh but Jacob I'll kick it to you when you look at Tonga does he have what it takes to play in the NFL or are we looking for are we looking at a guy that may be on the practice squad and maybe not even that yeah so with Kyrus Tonga I see a guy who can be a solid depth option specifically for Eddie Goldman I think that Kyrus Tonga really fits well as a nose tackle at the next level and uh, just watching him play, he's a space eater. He's not the lengthiest defensive lineman out there. He's about 6'2", but he's upwards to uh, 320 pounds. So he's a you know thick, stout guy. Uh, and he's really fun to watch against the run. I feel like he's powerful in both his anchor and his upper body. He has the, the grip strength needed to latch onto an offensive lineman and then you know stack and shed, so to speak. Uh, near the line of scrimmage and that's a lot of fun to watch because he's not only just a big massive dude but he's also intelligent and he knows what he's doing he has a decent you know arsenal in his hands and just the ability to shed blocks and to you know free up a hand or two to make a play or two against the run uh, every single game and that's something that I was able to watch because I I didn't see a ton of him but I was able to watch a couple games of of Kyrus Tonga I keep wanting to say Kiaris or whatever, because that's how I feel like it's spelled, but it's Kyrus Tonga. So keep that in mind, guys, uh, out of BYU. So I don't feel like there's a ton of pass rushing value with him. Admittedly, I, fe- I think in terms of lateral mobility and space, he's not great. Uh, does, he, has, he has good first step quickness, but athleticism outside of that vacuum might ne- not necessarily be great. But he's a powerful guy. He's intelligent. Uh he is a bit on the older side. I don't have his exact age in front of me, but I know that he, uh, you know, being a BYU player, uh, he spent a couple of years on a church mission. So I know he's a bit older. I don't know exactly how old he is off the top of my head. That's something I can look up here in a bit. But overall, you're looking at a guy who's probably not being drafted as much more than a solid backup. But for a solid backup, I think he's very good value, honestly. I projected him in like the round six range. He was one of my top players. I gave a six round grade to. So to get him late in the seventh, in my opinion, is a very good value. Nice run defender, maybe not the sexiest pick out there, but in round seven, I think, you know, you could definitely do a lot worse. Hot dang, then the bears are just popping off based on your board. Almost sounds (laughs) like Ryan Pace got a copy of your draft guide, which was a great read. Hope you do another one and uh, and went off of that. But all kidding aside, if anything, Jacob, this is incredibly exciting because it means they might finally stop playing Bilal Nichols at nose tackle. Yeah, Bilal Nichols <laughs> is such a square three, four defensive end that the Bears could use a little bit of that depth. We didn't have Goldman last year based on an opt out. But when we didn't have Akeem Hicks, we were using John Jenkins. We were using... Um, I can't remember what the guy's name was that we picked up off the Steelers practice squad. Nick, we were, Nick, 
McCullers, McCullers, yes, something like it, was, it was something in that range. But the point is, is that the Bears need one of those run stuffers because say what you will about a pass happy league, you always need to be able to jam up the run. But at this point, if Tonga doesn't offer almost any passing or pass rushing ability, but he can stop the run, I feel like playing Tonga in that middle or interior spot, he's 322 pounds, so he's certainly not underweight. And kicking Nichols out into a position he's much better in, that end position, you're going to net a lot of pass rush in the process because Nichols really struggles to stop the run when put in that position against interior defensive linemen, but he's able to do it much better when you moved him out. I look at this as a move that is built to set up Bilal Nichols. That's part of why I'm talking about him as much as I am. And if he's able to be that anti-run threat, especially coming out of the seventh round, I'm excited. That doesn't sound like he's supposed to be a star, but it sounds like he's supposed to be a spell player, a rotational player at absolute best for, uh, for Eddie Goldman. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tonga at this rate, isn't really going to be much more than a rotational guy, but he's a, you know, pretty good rotational guy at that. Uh, and if Eddie Goldman goes down with an injury or something else happens, then I do feel like Tonga is a solid enough space eater that you don't have to worry about him too much against the run. Obviously you sub him out against, you know, on obvious passing downs. And when I say that he's not a great pass rusher, he's not bad. He converts speed to power pretty well and he can push the pocket actually a decent amount, but it just, it's just a matter of making plays that I don't really think he does too well. Uh, so is the upside with him massive? No, not necessarily, but he's a solid high floor type of prospect that if you're looking at in the seventh round, you're just looking for someone who can make the roster. And then that's a pretty much uh, a win at that stage. So I think Tonga can do that. I think he can serve as a solid backup and, you know, exactly like you said, a spell for Eddie Goldman and someone who can help keep Bilal Nichols uh, a little bit kicked outside. So he doesn't have to play out of position. I'm about it. I mean, this is the seventh round we're talking about. You're probably not going to be finding a star defensive lineman here. This is one of the more valuable positions in the NFL in a weaker draft class. So anything truly star caliber is going to go up much higher. But playing in a smaller conference like BYU, sure, this guy could not even make the roster. We can be candid about that. He could end up showing up to NFL camp and just not belong. But when you're looking at a seventh rounder trying to find a role for this Bears offense or for this Bears team, I look at the rest of the draft that they've got. Obviously, they've got Fields, they've got Jenkins, they've got I, I'm never, I am so struggling with Larry Borum's name, right? Um, for some reason, B O R O M just keeps really confusing me. But so they went there, they went running back, they went wide out, they got a nickel corner, maybe. And now, as a run stuffer, it feels like they ticked all the boxes on their positional chart. And if anything, I'm happy to hear this because Eddie Goldman is no sure thing. I still remember what happened when Le'Veon Bell came off of his holdout and looked like a very different player to say the least, but getting a little bit of juice at that nose tackle spot. It's an important position in any three, four defense and throwing bodies at it. I'm just never going to have an issue with it. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. And I do love that the Bears have made it, you know, they made it a point to upgrade the trenches. They got Tevin Jenkins in round two, Larry Borum in round five, and now in Kyrus Tonga in round seven. Borum and Tonga, maybe not to the extent that Jenkins will have in terms of immediate impact, but that's solid depth there. And, you know, that's the old school thinking, you know, teams, you know, you're building the trenches, which, you know, for being, you know, 
us both of us being you know younger in terms of this uh you know a lot of these nfl media guys out there you know a handful of them are you know you know but i do believe that you know smart teams upgrade the offensive line and you know throw in a couple defensive linemen when the value is right and i really like that the bears were able to come away with you know a couple of hog mollies in this class so i i like that a lot i think that you know, again, we, you know, reiterate, he's probably going to be just a rotational guy if that, but he can be a dang good one. I think that if everything works out, then you have a good run defender who can, you know, come in every once in a while, play some snaps for Eddie Goldman. Uh, I kind of like to see what he can do on a field goal blocks to see if you just push him right <laughs> up against the long snapper, you know, push him back and try and generate some, you know, chaos up front. So a little bit of special teams that value there too, but overall, you know, I like the pick. I think it's pretty good value that late in the seventh round. And I know I've chirped this a couple times, but Jacob, you're not the only one pro football focus has him in their top 150. So oh. this, like, <laughs> this is a solid pick again. You can totally disagree on all of this. I, I think of it not as the gold standard, but as another person's opinion. And in this case, pro football focus, who, I mean, they had a second round grade on Daniel Braverman, but they've also gotten plenty of other players, right? So take it with a grain of salt. They've got him high in their rankings and would agree with you that he is a very solid ad, especially given that we're talking about a seventh rounder. I mean, when I look at the profile of this guy, 6'4", 322, I have not watched him play it down. You're telling me that he was very solid on a BYU team that I mean killed everybody they played. Um, and I think to myself, this is much better value than Daniel or than not Daniel Bragerman, who I'm, mean, he may have been a seventh round pick, but that's neither here nor there. Steven Denmark, the last seventh round pick that I can really remember where, or Kareth white, for instance, maybe, maybe similar value to white where it seems as if Tonga here has an opportunity to contribute at all. And that in and of itself, as the Bears defense tries to get younger, because you can't keep uh, paying guys like Brent Urban and Blackman from the uh, from the Cardinals forever. At some point, you want to get that little bit younger, that little bit cheaper. Tonga seems like a perfect way to do that should he develop. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you hit the nail on the head. They've been trying to, you know, kind of prioritize that depth uh, with a lot of veteran guys. I mean, we see Brent Urban. Uh, Angela Blackson, uh, Mario Edwards Jr., and just a handful of guys who have been around the league for, you know, a little bit. And they haven't really done a fantastic job of adding too many younger guys, like draft picks, into that defensive uh, building block that they have going forward. So I, I like Tonga. If nothing else, he's, you know, a breath of fresh air, a younger uh, guy that they can try and work with. Uh, along that defensive line so yeah absolutely I think that it was definitely needed uh, and again I feel like defensive line is still going to be a need going forward because at least from a long-term perspective because Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols are both free agents after this year so you know who knows how many if both of them are going to leave if one of them is going to leave but I don't expect both of them to return uh, after this coming season so just getting, you know, another young body in this class, I definitely think is a good idea. 
Oh, I mean, almost no chance, right? And I just saw another tweet come across my timeline. Doug Farrar as or had Kyrus Tonga as his DT five. Wow. So a lot of love for this guy. The Bears are picking up in the seventh round. Which part of the reason I'm saying all this, Jacob, is because you've started almost every one of these shows with "I like the pick." And at wow. this point, <laughs> I just want to make it clear: a lot more than just Jacob really likes the pick. For any Bears fan that's been faithfully listening to all these shows you're not going crazy. It sounds like the bears put together the, a heck of a draft. And so I'm excited to see what happens with Tonga. They needed youth on the defensive line. I mean, the last, the last major pick that they had was Bilal Nichols, who let's be real guys. That's a fifth rounder. The fact that he developed to where he is now is a home run in and of itself. So you can't be counting on that all the time here. They get a seventh rounder with a heck of a pedigree. If you look around uh, like not just Jacob, not just EJ, not just, not just, not just. Um, but instead it seems like a very, very well-liked player. And you know what? If he doesn't end up making the team, he's a seventh rounder, but this is exactly the kind of need that the bears had on a defense that, if I was going to try and project it, Jacob, it's a defense that needs to find its stride again in 2023. Be great if they did it sooner, but 2023 is probably when they need to really have the band back together. And with Sean Desai bringing back a more Vic Fangio style defense, that run stuffer is going to be key. So hopefully Tonga lives up to his building. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for jumping on with all of these. Seriously, you've been such a trooper, just like you were last year. Any final thoughts before we sign off and get and I get back to you with EJ and Danny for like a big draft wrap up in a couple of days? Yeah, uh, I mean, and I appreciate you having me on, Robert. Always for you know all these uh, pick recaps. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm happy, and I hope that uh, this has been insightful for a lot of you guys who are listening to this. Uh, but yeah, I, again, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I know we're going to talk at length in a later episode, but this is a good draft for the Bears. They addressed needs and got some quality value talent. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to go farther in detail uh, the next time that we meet, but I, I'm feeling pretty good about this right now, especially, you know, the early rounds more so than the later rounds, but Considering the fact they didn't have picks in round three or round four, I'm happy with what the Bears were able to come away with, uh, especially here today on Saturday, day three. I'm just excited, honestly, Jacob, that so uh, I, you may you may hate this, but if there's one circuit that two years ago I was way more invested than I am today, it's UDFAs. Maybe yeah. I just got burned by Alex Bars and Emmanuel. I cannot remember his name. Uh, the wicked fa- Emmanuel Hall, but I've started to realize that in many cases, these guys that don't get drafted, yeah, you can find some. You can find a Cam Meredith. You can find a Bryce Callahan. They happen, but you'd almost rather wait and be surprised by them. They get hyped about the ones with a big name because the guys that had a big name and had a third round grade and fell all the way to UDFA tend to tend to do it for a reason. The point of me going on this rant is not to uh, not to like talk poorly about the udfa process it's to talk about how the picks that we have here i am shocked that ryan pace went from 39 to 151 and still gave us so much to be excited about here in the later part of the draft it seems really impressive so far can't wait to wrap up more about it later thanks so much for coming on jacob i am excited to see kairos tonga in a bears uniform Thanks so much again uh, to any listeners listening. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you in a couple of days. And until then, bear down. And thanks so much for bearing with me.